Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Come to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John McTolly, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Garrett Jones and Will. Guys, how are you? Uchini. Uchini right sons. Yes. Doing well, doing well. Uh, well... Uh, Will, I guess you you said off air that you had some something you wanted to talk about and hit on yeah. a little bit. Uh, so anybody who watches our or, or listens to the podcast uh, is aware that I was uh, very much excited about an upcoming trip to Florida to go on the Galactic Star Cruiser, the Halcyon um, Star Wars quote unquote hotel experience and uh we've been planning this for about eight months and we went down and wouldn't you know that that pesky hurricane nicole decided to uh rear their not so ugly head um but in the threat of nicole uh forced disney to cancel our halcyon voyage for this past weekend so Obviously, we were disappointed, but totally understood. Uh, in fact, I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. I, I learned a little behind the scenes information as to why, what, you know, the official reasons why they canceled. But um, I will say that Disney uh, really did an amazing job of kind of um, making up for this, this cancellation. Uh, we were able to reschedule it uh, for. Uh, anytime we wanted, really. So we chose the summer because there's just so much going on between now and the summer. Um, there just wasn't a time to get to do it again. So we're doing it in the early summer, uh, and they actually gave it to us back at half the price we paid. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, mm. which was shocking to me. I, I would have expected like a small discount or something, but not half price. Um, in addition, they... Uh, we, you know, because of the timing, right, this was going to be just my, my wife and I on, you know, we were on a voyage, we were with friends, and the two of them were without their children. They have three children, and we have one, we have one daughter, and we asked if we could include them on the next voyage, and they did. They said, of course you can, and again, at half the price for them. Mm. Pretty fantastic. And then on, if that wasn't enough, there was one little hiccup, which was that we were stuck in Florida. We had uh, booked a few days before the Halcyon and a day after the Halcyon. But now those two days that we're supposed to be on the Halcyon, we have no place to stay. So Disney put us up at the Grand Floridian, which is the top tier deluxe resort, um, for two nights. And uh, we, technically speaking, they paid for the first night. We paid for the second night, but utilizing the credit that they had awarded us. So um, we ended up with two, two free nights at the Grand Floridian, rescheduled the trip for the summer with another person, and ended up still getting quite a few, at least at least $1,500 back. Wow. So, yeah. Um, right. I, was, I was shocked. I was shocked in a good way. So, yeah. so And then, of course, to make matters even more ironic <clears throat> or whatever, the weather ended up not even being that bad. It was like a breeze and a spritz of rain. And so we just enjoyed ourselves in the really? parks for a couple of days and uh, had a wonderful time. It was very crowded this time of year. They call it yeah. in Florida, they call it Jersey Weekend because uh, uh, New Jersey teachers have a convention 
so they so everyone is off for Thursday and Friday. So it's mm-hmm. like so everyone just uses that weekend to go down to Florida. Florida, so, yeah. Um, but uh, but I did visit Batu and got I got to take part in a lightsaber meetup uh, for for Life Day, quote unquote. They, you know, they had a they had a Life Day lightsaber meetup on Saturday night and had a good time with that. So it was it was a great experience overall. So. That's cool. Awesome. awesome. Hopefully, you'll let me come back on the show back in the summer, and when, oh, I definitely, finally definitely. do get it, and I'll give you my yeah. report on it. So definitely, definitely. Thanks for giving me that moment to share that experience. Awesome. Very much. Yeah. No problem. Well, um, I'm guessing you guys have seen episode ten of Andor. We have. I have. I have. Yes. I. Uh, yes, oh, yes. I have too. Um. Let's let's just start right off, and I just got to say that opening scene with Andy Circus was amazing. I love that opening scene, just him looking straight ahead and just trying to trying to process what he just learned and what he just found out and what just happened. I mean, that is to me is just a masterclass, and why he is such a great actor you know not just a voice actor i think people people always see him as a voice actor of you know you know the voice of the voice of snoke you know he was the voice of Gollum in lord of the rings yes but just he himself is just such an amazing actor well i mean he was showed it he was so he was so much more than just the voice of those characters he yeah he has his own company that does motion capture and takes it to it took it to a whole new level. Yeah, you know, Planet of the Apes and a lot and got and um and King Kong, you know, yeah. where he was actually you know emoting the characters yeah. and uh, just to be able for him to he he was utilizing all of these different components, but kind of in a compartmentalized way, mm-hmm. and um and I and I was I loved him even as Claw in um in the black Panther and yeah, his films. So he's, yeah, he's, he can do He's such a wide, you know, a, a varied actor can do so many different, different roles. Right. You know, absolutely. So, so yeah, just, um, yeah, you're right. That opening scene and, but just that whole episode. It, yeah. It was, yeah. Everything, it was cool... everything about it. Um, we're going to kind of, do, I think we need to kind of do what we did last week which is take each story separately instead of jumping around from this to this, you know, we focus on one aspect and we'll move to the other. So let's start out focusing on just the escape um, and that whole scenario and how that kind of plays out. Um, I mean, your guys' thoughts right off the bat, Um, Garrett, you've been kind of quiet. So, well, my, the escape, like I was really kind of curious what was going on because um, you know, going into it, the, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, um, you know, we saw in the previous episode where, uh, Andor was, was cutting into that, that metal cylinder in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the privy. And I thought maybe he was trying to cut into like one of the electrical lines to just kill the power, had no idea that what he was actually doing was cutting into the plumbing <coughs> of the bathroom, uh, which is brilliant because then it, it, it shorts out the floor if and when they trigger it. Yeah. And from there it just like like that first initial scramble to get you know out of the of the workroom was 
it was brutal. It was, it was, oh. it was scary to watch. Like I was literally yeah. like just chewing on my fingers. Like, mm-hmm. are they going to get out? What's going to happen? Please don't kill anybody. Like, like, you know, okay, maybe kill the ginger guy, but, uh, <laughs> but the, uh, it was a really, really well executed, well, uh, well thought out, well planned, uh, sequence and the fact that they took over the prison really quickly mm-hmm. i kind of would have liked to have seen a little bit of comeuppance with the warden that yeah. greeted them you know when they first landed on narkina 5 but you know the fact that he, you know for as tough as that guy was the fact that he and the majority of his crew were locked inside of a room cowering was just it was kind of the icing on top yeah. of the cake yeah yeah that was just and you're right. I mean, we touched about it last week, just, you know, um, how I personally thought these, you know, these first last two episodes inside the prison for me were just some of the most weirdly terrifying episodes we've had in Star Wars. Just the, the starkness of it and just how cold and calculating and how uncaring everyone yeah. it was. Like, like even, you know, they said nobody's listening nobody's listening because nobody cares right and you know they use that to their advantage they use the fact that they took what the empire just saw is like well they're just throwaway people they use so we don't you know why do we need to even care about these people and they use that to their advantage yeah they did and you and i know we said we're not going to jump ahead but i think at this point it it is important to jump ahead because you jump ahead to ferrix I think that's the planet's name mm-hmm. where it's just the opposite where everyone is listening. Like that you hear you as you're, as they're walking, as you see them walking through the streets, you hear the probe droids everywhere. And you realize that you go from a situation where nobody's listening to them. Nobody cares about them to a place where the ears are everywhere and you can't whisper without worrying about is someone listening to what I'm saying? And going to throw me in. I thought that was just kind of a, a, a interesting juxtaposition between the two two areas, mm-hmm. where you know, like I said, you have an area where nobody cares what they're doing, what they do, or what they say. To an, as long as you're doing your job, to an area where, oh yeah, we care what you're saying. We mm-hmm. want you to be saying what we want you to be saying. What we want you to be thinking. Right. Right. And if you don't do yeah. that, we put you in a place like this where then we just, it doesn't matter. Matter, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. The, the episode, I, I think it's got this nice, like this particular episode has a nice balance of of extremes where just like what you're saying is, you know, you go from this area where nobody cares to it, <clears throat> people are caring way too much, mm-hmm. and it uh, it creates a nice dichotomy of what's happening, and then you've got what's happening uh, on Coruscant right in the middle. Oh yeah. You're not sure who's hearing who cares or why. Yeah. I love that conversation between Mon Mothma and that gangster. Oh, wow. There were so many undertones of what was being said, um, covered with what was actually being said, what Mm -hmm. was being said between the lines and, um, screen, screen Crush did a good thing where he did a, um, he took it and did a, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, said what they were really saying, and it was it was yeah, actually kind of funny. The subtext, but still, 
yeah the subtext but yeah there was just so many like you said so many sub so much subtext between you know well that's politics you know you say one thing but you're actually saying something else the whole time and it's just a matter of knowing what the other person is saying without knowing without showing that you know what the other person is saying mm-hmm. yeah and that guy was kind of creepy I got oh, he was, and then and then the whole thing with the daughter and the mm. yeah, well, and that I mean, that, I think that kind of you know solidified to me kind of an idea that I had that marriage is on 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 uh, Trilla, I can't pronounce her home world. Chandrilla, Chandrilla are um, arranged, right. yeah, which yeah, makes sense about intense. why they why they you know why she kind of doesn't like her husband. You can kind of tell that. You know, they don't really like each other and probably because it was an arranged marriage. Yeah, the, uh, there's there's definitely some tension there between yeah. what and I, and I think that's kind of neat that we you get to see this this idea of of tradition versus, you know, free will and and, mm-hmm. and what people are wanting. Because <clears throat> it, it, and that that in and of itself is kind of like a micro expression of what happens throughout the rest of the episode because you've got the the empire operates on this this pomp and circumstance and this this sentimentality for tradition even if it's like you know relatively new compared to everything else in the galaxy mm-hmm. um whereas you've got other people wanting to do their own thing they want to be free they want to have that that sense of liberty and yeah. there are people who feel constrained by their traditions, by yeah. the way that they were raised or how they grew up. And you can see a, a huge, huge difference in that. Yeah. Right. Well, and also I thought it was interesting with Mon Mothma being put in a position where you have this person who's telling her, look, I agree with you. You know, basically saying, you know, the empire is overreaching. It needs to be stopped. I have what you need but you have to compromise your morals to get what I have. Are mm-hmm. you willing to do that? And for who, to her credit, Mom Mothma put her foot down and said, no, we are not the so, same. So far. So far. <laughs> so far. I thought, I did think that was interesting when he, when he turned around, when she said uh, that I basically said, I'm not interested. And he turned around and said, that's the first that's time. Funny. That's the first time you've lied. Yeah, first untrue thing you've said. Untrue, so. Yeah, first untrue thing you've said. I was like, hmm. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, you know how much these these different you know factions are willing to bend and break, go past their what they consider to be their moral line. Right. Yeah. I mean, after, were, were I've been. You, oh, go ahead. You know, I was just saying, I've been loving all the intrigue. Going on mm. in the in the whole mon the whole mon mothma, I don't know B story or even C story. I don't. Yeah, you know, it, I don't. It, know if it, they call them a, I don't. It's hard to call either, either one a B plot or a, a right a C, a C plot. Well, only I only they said all that to be intertwined. I mean, right. yeah, if you consider and the Andor story, Andor story to be the main plot, then yes, these other ones are kind of B and B and C, but I think they will all intertwine. Right. They all kind of the end. mesh together. So yeah. Oh sorry, can what were you saying? Continuing? Um 
did you did you think find that one interesting kind of uh, I don't call it plot twist but surprise with the uh, double agent? You know, I'm, guy, I I know this can't be true. I know that this can't be. I mean, hear me out. Um, yes, I mean it was it was interesting to see that he was a spy, but there was something about that actor that was familiar to me, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's I don't I think it's completely coincidence, but he reminds me and, t- and think about this for a minute and see if you can understand what I'm getting at. And I could just be it could just be in my own brain and my mm-hmm. own head cannon, whatever. He reminds me of the actor from Rogue One who was at the the station with the earpiece one of the one of them one of the uh, on Yavin mm. you know with the, with the jumpsuit and he comes running looking for a senator senator Mothma and it's when 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 Rogue One goes yeah. goes and he's the one who informs on Mothma and you know, and he and he's just, and it's not the same actor. It can't be. No. For one thing, he's not tall enough. It's not. But it just, he just seemed like him. He had that same yeah. kind of look, same color hair, a little the the, the Star Warsian, you know, seventies. Uh, uh, I love about that. I love that. Lot, many of the actors, so many of the actors have the eighties, seven late seventies, early eighties mustache and the hair. Well, what I love doing and, that. I love that. And and when and going back to Rogue One, I thought that that was a really fun thing. Is that they actually were taking some of these bit pl- bit players who were just sitting in Yavin, and I swear they were trying to <coughs> set it up that these people that were just sitting in the background, but they had like one quick scene, you know, when the Death Star has cleared the planet or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're like hearing all this, and you just see like little scenes of them, and I swear they were trying to make these actors for Rogue One look like those actors. Yeah. So that's, I think, just they were just doing this generic thing. But that's kind of where I couldn't, I could not get it out of my head that this yeah. isn't going to be that character who had no name. He no. Was, but I mean, um, you, never, you never know. I mean, you never you know. know. Yeah, I, be- I, I'm trying to find the, the name of the actor so I could see if he was in Rogue One just to be just to. I'm I'm reasonably certain he was not. Yeah. But it just it just happened. He just happened to look a little bit like it in my memory. So anyway. And but you know, uh, that whole scene, you know, just showed like the sac you know, the sacrifice that all of these at this point all of these rebels are making, you know, where he's like, I you know, he's even saying, I want out. I just want to be with my family. I just wanna you know, raise and uh Luthan tells him straight up it's like, hey sorry buddy. You're you're in this for life. You're yeah. You're stuck. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was—I thought that was kind of, uh, kind of like the, the whole context of that conversation was like there. There are subtleties. Like he didn't really have to threaten. He could just say, "Hey, by the way, how's your how's your kid? You know, yeah. congratulations mm-hmm. on becoming a father." And yeah. it's like, oh man, <laughs> yeah. I thought- I liked that he was doing all this thing over the ear, over the communicator, and then the door opens and he's there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I thought that was a little, yeah. you know. I, I love that. You know, they're really pushing the gray area with with Luthen. Like Luthen, in many ways, is not a likable person. Right. Like he's not a likable char- character. I mean, no, he is, not. but he isn't. I mean, you see, just like. Well, he's he's captivating. He's there's there's a charisma about him as a character that draws you in, and that's and that's good. But at the same time, yeah. like 
as the audience, you're questioning whether you uh, agree with him on a moral standpoint. And yeah. the the cool thing about that is that that's that's an example of really good character writing, mm-hmm. uh, as well as you know performance from from uh, uh, Stellan Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård, yeah, yeah. He is well, like, and I think I think the difference between what Skarsgård's character is doing and what other you know more traditional villains might do is, I think Luthen understands that what he's doing is morally wrong. He understands that, but he un- but in his mind, the uh, the needs justify the means. You know, he understands. You know that. You know he's not doing good things. That people are going to die, and that's on him. Mm-hmm. I right. think villains usually tend to be one of two camps. You either have your your mustache rolling villain who doesn't care, or you have people like, um, Deidre who feel that they don't feel see themselves as villains. No, oh, they I mean, see themselves as heroes. They she's don't not really see what a they're villain. Doing I mean, wrong. No, she's no, she's not. For sure. But yeah. She's not, but she's not a villain. Yeah, yeah. But they see, but the villain who sees what they're doing as, as morally right, as morally righteous. You know, I'd say that kind of a difference between, between Luthen and maybe more traditional villains where, you know, Luthen is willing to look right, look you right, you know, look right out and say, "Yeah, I know what I'm doing is not good, but I'm doing it for the." Yeah, I, I don't know if I don't know if you get what I'm trying to put. No, I do. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's self-aware. He is self-aware. Yeah, yeah, he's self-aware of what he's what you know of what he's, he is. What, he what knows what he is. Many times, the villain is the hero of their own story, right? And I don't think Luthen has any that thought at all that he's that he's not the hero of his own story he he well there's no compunction for him to think of himself in any kind of heroic way he yeah. is basically what's the the best way to define him is that he is someone who is is driven um by a purpose and mm-hmm. rather than spending all this time you know <clears throat> ambiguities of morality or anything like that like he knows what needs to be done and he's mm-hmm. going about doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly. And he's just doing it. And, and I think the only reason he's explaining himself to begin with, you know, he's accepted this. Yeah. He's explaining himself to the guy to say, you think, you know, because I think the guy, remember the other guy, the spy kind of looked at him like, what are you sacrificing? You know, I'm sitting here busting my butt, giving you information. And I got this new family and I'm, I'm really nervous and really scared. You know, what are you, what do you fight? You know, what are you losing? You, you, you know, you and your yeah. big cushy house and your, you know, antiques and everything, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And that answer he gave was just, oh. I've seen people quoting that, like, and just putting the whole monologue um, on like Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Like, wow. All right. <laughs> you know, very, uh, you know, they're really into it. So. Yeah, it well, let, let's go back to that prison escape for a second. Um, when they re- really. And that one line, one way out, one way out, and yeah, that, that just mantra, their just, mantra. and just just everyone just going up and just oh, I mean, people have have said that you know there's not enough action in this, there's not enough stuff going on. That was a pretty action filled episode. Oh yeah, I mean it was like nail, you know, edge of your seat, nail biter. Yeah, right. yeah. 
you yeah. know, um, we just <laughs> it was just like, oh my and god. Then I was I was kind of confused when they when they finally got to the top and there's like surround off like, oh, that's right, right, I forgot. They're in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> I, I was expecting there to be maybe transports there they could fly off, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. How are they gonna? Yeah, not 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 so easy. Yeah. No. Well, course, I, we I did heart, that kind of that heart wrenching scene with Andy Circus saying, "I can't swim." <laughs> the I, 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 you know, I loved how he said it, like in a way that was almost comical. He was just yeah. like, "I can't swim,", I can't swim. <laughs> you know, like I. Oh, you know, but I guess he wouldn't even would he even know. I mean, well, that that was I, I did question that. Like, did he even know that they were on a? They they know they're surrounded, yeah, they right? No, yeah. So yeah, I mean, unless it was just a you know a thing of he wanted to get make sure that everyone got out. You know, that was that were they were his that like at least that floor. The people on that floor were his responsibility. So he wanted to make sure that everyone got out that was on his floor. Um, right. And then, but but I also like the fact that his fate, I mean, we kind of know probably what happened, but his fate was kind of left in limbo. Like, well, was he killed when the, when the guard, when the cars, you know, finally did get out and retook it? Was he killed? Was he recaptured? Did he kill himself? Did he? I have a sneaky prediction about that. Okay. So one, I have got one of two scenarios playing in my head. One, he does leave, but Imperials pick him up somewhere else because he wasn't good at hiding. Because maybe he floundered in the water, someone helped him get to shore, or he and he barely survived, and he's too tired to to, to run and hide when the Imperials finally come and catch up to the to the runaways. The other okay. option is is that because of that fear of drowning. He stays on the deck, and he ends up getting uh, captured when whoever comes looking at the prison um, investigates, and he's able to give them a detailed picture of Andor. Oh, it puts Mira back on the trail. Mm. That's a good point. Mm. That's a good that that was a that's a very great that's a very great can't talk. That's a very good uh, theory. So yeah, we'll that see. is we'll see. really, really interesting. Yeah, because there's got to be something that gets, you know, Mira back, you know, back on that trail, you know, of where Andor is and where we you know. Hmm. Yeah, and it's it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because you know we've we've you know I mean Mira is getting closer, um, but she hasn't had that that real breakthrough in her investigation mm-hmm. yet that she needs to uh to really find uh andor and and bring him to what she would consider justice Uh, right this is what what they're going to get is they're going to get this this uh this uh alert you know she's going to be tracking all her all of her sources and anyone or any description that comes remotely across that seems like andor she's going to be looking for it Mm-hmm. Right. So if someone right. comes close to matching that description, which obviously there was on Narkeen of Five, she's going to go and investigate, yeah. and that's where she gets to connect with Kino, and and he's going to tell her everything, whether he means to or not. Yeah, um, I, I have a sneaky suspicion that she that if it does go that route, she's going to pull the same old tricks 
that she did with Bix. Mm. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. Now, I do have one. I do have one slightly, you know, weird. Not. I'm not going to call it a criticism. I'm just going to call it a question. Okay. Um, did none of the other prisoners survive? Did you ever notice the last scene where Cassian and Melchi are the only ones left running? Yeah. What happened to everybody else? I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that once Maybe they got in the water, they all scattered. Which, which would make I, sense. Which I you get, know. but it just seemed, I don't know. It seems yeah. weird to me. I think that- I think for for the story, for just for this, the sheer story aspect of it, you know, it's easier to tell a story if you just have, you know, a, a, a handful of people going somewhere than if you do like you know all those people i think it was just easier from a storytelling standpoint just to have those I get three that. people yeah i get that no i do i just thought it was funny i'm like did, yeah. did none of them survive the swim you know well i mean i mean when i look how far they were they were you know dropping down i'm like okay a lot of those people had to probably dial an impact or like they were jumping on top of each other so i'm sure People literally, you know, fell on top of each other and broke broke their backs, or yeah, you know, I'm sure people didn't even survive the fall because you the, saw people yeah. like literally falling off, like well, getting pushed the height off. of the platform is it's high enough where if you land wrong, even if you hit the water uh, and you don't break the surface properly, your that surface tension is just going to kill you on impact. Yeah. I mean, right? Because um, it's it, I think it's something like. Anywhere between sixty to one hundred feet up, if you don't know how to break that the the surface tension of the water just right, if you don't angle mm. your jump the right way, um, right. even if you're floundering through the air, it's like hitting concrete. Yeah, no, absolutely. Here we go. Even just jumping into a pool with the with a bad angle hurts. <clears throat> so you can imagine Whoa. belly flop. Belly f- <laughs> exactly right. So. Uh, Inmates of Narcotina <laughs> Five, the belly flop champions of the galaxy. They probably have like competitions, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do absolutely. Um, you know, I I the speech that uh, that um, God Andy Circus's character makes mm-hmm. in the oh, microphone. That yeah. that was that especially was that it wasn't going well at first. Is that the best you've got? Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, like so. Um, I just thought yeah. that was fantastic. Yeah, I and mean those guards. I mean those guards basically just being robots. I mean those guards mm-hmm. were just as you know, plug. You know, you know what was the what was the term they would use on program? Those guards yeah. were just as on program as the prisoners had been. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, know? like the fact that they were surprised. You know, when the people came in, they're like, "Wait a minute, you're not supposed to be here." Right. No, that's very true. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I mean, we knew that Cassian was going to get out, but it was such a great yeah. way. And, yeah, a, and a great, a great person escape right there. Really? Yeah. Really very much. So, um, if, if they, if we didn't have two episodes left, it would have made for a great season one cliffhanger. To see what oh yeah. Next. But now yeah. that we've got two episodes left for reals, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see just what mm. happens and how he crosses. Yeah, path. how they yeah how how the season ends and you know because we've had so far we've had had two of the big I could just say I don't want to use the word stereotypical but typical spy movie tropes we've had the 
the, the we've had you know starting out with the the bank robbery you know breaking into you know some place to get something we've had right. the prison break you know what's next what's the next big thing they have to do you know find some sort of information i'm guessing or stop some kind of evil super weapon oh wait that comes up in row one yeah that. <laughs> comes, yeah. oh which which by the way have you heard that George Lucas is signed on to to direct the sequel for oh. Rogue One. <laughs> I've heard this one. I got legitimately happy there for a moment, and then I'm like, "Oh wait, the sequel is a new hope." Oh, uh, curse you, John Mark Tully. <laughs> You're welcome. You're such You're a welcome. silly. You're such a silly. I I uh, I uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean. You know, it's funny. Like, you although, know, although, although, uh, on on a side note, I do. I've said this before. I do want to see Rogue Two, Mini Bothans. Mini Both, yes. <laughs> I do. I seriously do want to see that story. You know, <laughs> I mean, they're gonna if they're gonna, you know, they've they've established that they can write a story where they don't have to keep anybody around. So come on, you got all the Bothans. It'd be great. All the Bothans. I would, but I that's would uh, that is the one like- race that we. That is the one of the one of the races from the extended, you know, from the old EU, you know, that was mentioned in canon in, in the canon universe too. That oh, no, that's not see. a that's not an EU. I know, race. But, but we have yet to see them. They're, right. they're yeah. prominent in the old EU, right? Uh, yeah, Bosque Falea, as far as being seen visibly. Yeah, Bosque Falea, you know, being a former chancellor, um, and all that. But didn't you know, he arrest? We have yet to see them. Didn't he arrest a have a Akbar arrested in the? Yes, he did. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, not a not a good. The Bothans weren't necessarily the, the the nicest people in the galaxy. Very political, very backstabbing. <laughs> political intrigue. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think, think it'd be cool. Just worse, see, they just could be uh, Trandoshans. Oh yes, mm-hmm. those guys. Are but no, no. I mean, this is kind of off topic, but the the way the Bothans and the old EU were, and kind of you know switch you know cross streams they reminded me a lot of the cardassians in star trek they were that kind of or even the romulans just kind of you know backstabby yeah they always they always had the idea that they that they were working three different angles at all times but anyway this isn't about about that no no i get i get what you're saying though um well, let's see. What else do we have? Um, well, you know, last week we covered our thoughts about uh, Tales of the Jedi. I'm curious to hear what Will has to say about it. Have you seen Tales oh, of the Jedi? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I was about to ask you guys uh, if you had talked about it. Um, I did. <laughs> yeah, I watched yeah. I watched all six ep- six episodes, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I was uh, intrigued very much. Uh but, but I liked both stories. I liked um, the Ahsoka, you know, kind of the story. I think my favorite episode, um, I think, just in 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 its the you know the 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 brutality of it was Anakin training Ahsoka. Well, yeah, yes. I I was I was just <laughs> blown away, and that they took it right to. Um, the order six that the post yeah. order sixty six scene with mm-hmm. Rex and her, and then they open up the doors and go right into that scene, and I'm like, oh my god, you yes. know, that's just yeah. what a what a freaking irony, and mm-hmm. and and you know, just the fact that Anakin is the one who trained her so mm-hmm. well, 
Well, Garrett it, pointed out just even even at that point, even pre-fall, Anakin, the brutality that Anakin was willing to put Ahsoka through. Yes, like even this is pre-fall Anakin, and he's still well. Yeah, but to... but he but but he was saying he he you know again he was so afraid to lose her, mm-hmm. and he wanted her to make he wanted to make sure that she was absolutely ready for anything. Yeah, and she he figured that at that point. You know, utilizing clones, utilizing the clones that could think on their feet versus the droids that were just programmed, you know. Yeah. That, that, yeah, his, you know. yeah. Not not to not to quote, but you know, what's the line from Dodgeball from the movie Dodgeball? If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. If, okay. If you can dodge if you can dodge a stormtrooper, if you can do, if you can, you know, parry the stormtrooper blast, you can bury a droid blast. Right. So just um yeah, just fantastic. Um that was my favorite of that particular story. Uh, and then, of course, with Count Dooku. Mm. It, it's amazing to me that they are essentially, you know, what what a great um, character study of how a good man turns bad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, mean, I mean, with Anakin, we got to watch that. But with Anakin, there was always, he was always angry. Yeah. You know, he was always he always had something he was mad about, and and he brooded a little bit. You know, and we see the same thing with Kylo Ren. It was always this broodingness to it. But with him, with Count Dooku, I always felt like these these younger versions of him. He was really trying to do the right thing. He was trying. Yeah. He like any one of us would try to maintain some sense of peace and order and justice. Mm-hmm. And when you're witnessing that it just isn't happening, that there's this political, you know corruption going on that 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 the republic is like rotting from within that it why would who would any one of us not want to take have if we had the power to not want to try to fix it fix Mm -hmm. this issue but the allure to the dark side and 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 you know sidious was was you know pulling the strings with this um was you know just you start off by you know, thinking that you're right and just, and then all of a sudden it just he slowly starts to twist it into something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was really I, I thought was one 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 episode. I don't know, I don't remember if we touched on this last week, but the the episode where him where it was um, Dooku and Window Windu go um, going to the planet. It was interesting to see that dichotomy between them, and you could tell that. Even though there was disagreement that they were still that they were friends, yeah. At least at that point, you could see there was a friendship between them and a camaraderie between them. Well, and even when even when the it's one of the only times that Mace Windu in the in Samuel L. Jackson even cracked the slightest smile. Yeah, in all three of the movies, he was very stoic, you know. But mm-hmm. there was one moment when um, when Padme basically all but accuses him. You know, it doesn't all, but does accuse Count Dooku of setting up the the explosion that tried to yeah. kill her. I think Count Dooku is behind it, and the one was you know Kayadi Kayadi Mundi was like, oh, he's a political idealist, not a murderer. And then yeah. you know, he, then he just looks at it, the chance or the you know the count would never assassinate anyone. It's not in his character, and he kind of smiled when he said it. Like this is like somebody who kind of has yeah. a man crush on this guy, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And we we talked about this too. Um, I just want to get your your initial thoughts. But have this whole time has has we just Yoda just had a speech impediment and we just didn't realize it. 
uh, Yaddle talks perfectly normal. It's like, is that it the whole time? Yoda just has a speech impediment. We just. I mean, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. It could be. He could just be an eccentric, you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. He, uh, Maybe he talks that way. And become a, a grandmaster of the Jedi Order. You can talk however you want. <laughs> maybe yeah, and 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 maybe he talks that way on purpose so that everyone has to kind of listen harder to make sure they're understanding what he's saying. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. The other thing is, you, you you listen to the way he talks. I mean, even from Empire Strikes Back, and it because of the backward syntax, it feels like th- there's something less progressive about his mental capacity that he might be a little bit dumb or brain damaged or whatever. And what that does, but it underlies this, this ability that Yoda has to allow people to underestimate him and what he's Mm -hmm. actually capable of doing. Because then at that point, you know, like we look at Yoda, we see this frail old alien. We have no idea just how fast he can move. We have no idea just, capable of a warrior he was like because mm-hmm. you because for you know what was it until the very tail end of attack of the clones we never once see him draw a lightsaber mm. right and no, that's it, true it, it completely throws off this idea that he is not like it's like how did he get to be as old and as wise and as as you know ranked as he was when he doesn't do anything and Sure, he's you know strong with the force, big whoop. But lightsaber right. combat is a part of that uh, of, of that ranking in the Jedi Order, and yes. you don't see that until the like I said, the tail end of Episode Two. At which point, everyone's like, "Holy, holy crap! He's we don't want to mess with him because he's a frog on ketamine." <laughs> no, yeah. Speaking of Yoda, I will say I was I was a little bit. Um, during the episode, I guess it's the one where Ahsoka's doing the training and Anakin comes in late and sitting there yeah. with Obi-Wan, but Yoda was there. But there was no um, dialogue for Yoda, and, and I and I was sad because um, I think part of that is um, uh, Tom Kane, who did the voice for Yoda, uh, suffered a stroke last year, mm-hmm. and uh, he is, was forced to retire from voice acting, oh, yeah. which is very sad because you, you if you if you don't know him from if you know him just from the announcer for the beginning of clone wars and also yoda but he also um is like he's done he voiced Yolaren done, and he's voiced yeah and, and he's also voiced like you know hundreds of oh, different yeah. he was the voice of the academy awards he's done all sorts of commercials he's like all over the disney parks you know it does all the transportation stuff um yeah. you know it's just it's it's just uh yeah. It's 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 so sad, you know, and I hope yeah. I hope he's doing well. I, I you know I I just I know his 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 family kind of sends out like tweets out updates and stuff, and you know he's he's got a good sense of humor and he's doing stuff, but yeah, yeah he's not he's unable to do dialogue anymore. So I don't know what they're going to do about that. Um, you know, Frank Oz has reprised Yoda, the voice of Yoda, multiple times. So yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're, but I don't think he wants to become you know tethered to that. No. Especially if they're going to be, I mean, it's one thing if it's just a handful of, I mean, he was doing it during, I think, Rebels, right? I think um, when the Yoda yeah. appeared in the world between yeah. worlds, yeah, I think he was doing it there. So, yeah, he, well, but, I knew that he, Frank Oz was doing the voice of Yoda. I think, was it also during Clone Wars or was it only during Rebels? It was only during Rebels. Oh, you know, yeah. Tom Kane was pretty much exclusively 
uh, Yoda during the Clone Wars TV series. Yeah. So, and I don't know, you know, that, I mean, that, I mean, with, and with with today's technology, they could always do what they plan on doing with Darth Vader. I don't where know they take, I, where they take the the they are they have his voice already yeah. in in the can, so then they could just take it and replicate it. I I I feel like that's okay for Vader, just because it seems like the kind of thing that would the way yeah. Vader would have spoken all along would be with some voice, some synthesized voice. If yeah. um if Anthony Daniels wanted to you know do the same thing for C three PO, I could see that as well. But um, forever for 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 human actors playing human parts, um, I don't know. I don't know if that uh, yeah if that would fly. But maybe yeah. it would. I don't yeah. know. We'll see. No, who knows what type of technology they'll be able to I get? Yeah, who, who who knows how they're gonna wow us in the future, right? So yeah. yeah. But anyway, so yes, um, but I enjoy, I very much enjoyed Tales of the Jedi. I thought they were I yeah. thought they were phenomenal. My only my only complaint about any of this is that I just want more. You yeah. know, I mean, when's the next tales? And I know it takes a long time for them to do because it's such beautifully made. You know, from the colors to the lighting to, you know, I loved, uh, you know, Lee, uh, Qui Gon, young Qui Gon, being played by Liam Neeson's son. Son, that was yeah, cool. That, that was, was a brilliant. Classy, yeah. classy, classy touch there. And how they tied in with what was going on in the sequel trilogy within the sequel trilogies. Yes, you know, you you saw the tie in. So that leads me to. I wouldn't mind if they did that with each of the trilogies, like had these tie-in stories as to what's going on in the back, you know, during, so like the, if, what they do in the next season of Tales, if it takes place during the, uh, the, the original trilogy. Well, like, have you ever read from a certain point of view? Have you read those books? I have not actually not read those. Okay. Books. I've heard of they, them, but I've not read them. They, so I, I don't know if they come up with one for Return of the Jedi, but they've come up with one for, um, Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back, New Hope mm-hmm. and Empire Strikes Back, and uh, I'm in the middle of the Empire Strikes Back one right now. Uh, it's such a great concept, I find, because a they're all short stories, and this, essentially they go through the story, uh, you know, that the entire movie, if you will, but as it chronologically moves along, you get a perspective of something going on. Sometimes it's somebody from you know from another character from somebody. Maybe a character you haven't even seen before, you okay? Like, and 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 sometimes they're very serious, and sometimes they're very fun and more, you know, lighthearted. I don't believe any of these are considered canon. I don't think per so. Say, uh, but yeah. but I do, and and they're often like celebrity writers. I think Bryce Dallas Howard might have written one. I think um, Ashley Eckstein wrote one. So there's a lot of different people that come from different planes, but it is funny. To watch, to 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 kind of see. I'll give you one example, and it's more of a lighthearted, if you want to call it lighthearted, tongue in cheek. I'm on. I'm in the Empire Strikes Back, and we're at the point where 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 Vader appears when you know on Bespin with the doors opening, and mm-hmm. Lando double crosses him. Well, it's the point of view is of from the chef. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, just that alone. I think the name of it is does 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 anybody know if he even eats? I think it's the name of the the story because basically the way the story works is that this there is this executive chef who cooks all the you know fancy meals and the night parties for Lando's you know guests and everything, and she works. She's a 
Devorian? Is that the right it is? With the kind of the devil looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And they have a whole backstory about that, about how, you know, it's, it's generally it's the women are supposed to stay home and the men are the ones who go off and go gallivanting around. But, you know, she's actually wanted a career as a chef and she went out and kind of like broke with tradition. So she's out there and, and Lando hired her to work on, the, you know, in Cloud City and she's there, but she works nights, you know, and she stays up all night entertaining and then she sleeps during the day while she gets, a you know, an important buzz from her com link to come to, you know, wants to meet Lando needs to see her immediately. So she's all complaining and she goes in and Lando's basically saying, look, we have the special visitor and we need it. We need a banquet, very quick banquet, finger food, nothing serious, nothing too extravagant, but it's gotta be good. And it's gotta be like the best thing. And she's like, you're giving me like no time to prepare this. What the heck? And, <laughs> and remember they, and, and then they start talking and she, you can see like Lando's a little nervous and he's, and you know, un, uncharacteristically. So, and it's all about like, you know, she's trying to, she's got an, a little Ugnot assistant, like sous chef that helps her and they create whatever they can. And, and she's just like, you know, it, just her thoughts. She didn't realize it was for Darth Vader and if, you know, she's freaking out and, and it's just all this kind of, funny stuff and again it's nothing like earth shattering you know it's not something but it like you'd like like garrett was laughing at it it is yeah. kind of tongue-in-cheek and then it's not always um you know uh humanoid i mean there was earlier in the there was a story about um you know from the from the point of view of tauntauns from the point of view of Wamp- from wampas you know oh my like gosh, what? that would be great to read <laughs> yeah. it is it's fantastic it's so much fun and the best part is that you might not resonate with every story, but the stories are all, you know, one story is like three pages, one's like 20 pages, one's 10 pages. So they're not all, they're, they're very no. digestible. Here, here's, here, this is what I want to see. And this is an honor of you, Will, because I know you're a fan of the, the Christmas special. Oh, yes. Um, but to do one of these uh, point of view stories of point of view of the Wookiees, but written entirely in, in, uh, in the Wookiee, in Wookiee speak. Oh. <laughs> well, speaking of that, speaking after nothing but Wookie speak. Speaking of the holiday special, so you know we've been down in in Disney this weekend, and they, of course, if there's something that if Disney can put put a piece of merchandise out for people to buy that they think people are going to buy, they will do it. So they have embraced Life Day that came from the holiday special as an actual star Wars holiday that takes place on Batu, And we've talked about this in, in the past mm-hmm. and um, they have merchandise and it comes out now. It came out like, I think a week ago and they'll have it on sale throughout the Christmas season. So it was hysterical because I, I think I said it three times on this trip. People were walking around, like looking at all, they'd have them all on display and like, What's this life day? I don't. I don't get it. What is life day? And I would stop. I'm like, oh, you don't know life day. Well, let me tell you about the Star Wars holiday special. And, I, and you're you're doing the job for the employees. I am doing the job. They're probably like looking at me like, thank you, you know, like because they don't thank even you know. For being the fan that you are. They you're have doing, no idea. Will, Will, you were doing the work of the force. I was. Uh, it, I felt it was my duty. I did. I did. And I enjoyed Speaking of, I don't know what this reminded me of this, but of either characters that I would, I would personally just love to see, you know, either put in, and there was a rumor that two of the stormtroopers in um, uh, the Mandalorian were this. I would love to see Tag and Bink. Oh, yeah. In live action. Do you know Tag and Bink, Eric? 
I don't think yeah. so. So it's a comic book that came out, and right. it was basically if, if you heard of Rosen, was it Rosencrantz and Guildenstern or dead or something yeah. like that? Yeah. It's so, that kind of yeah. thing. Basically, there are these two stormtroopers, but they happen to be at every single point where pivotal moment, wrong. pivotal moment. So, like, they were the two oh, gunners geez. that were shooting that were weren't going to shoot at the uh, um blow blow uh, shoot the uh, the the escape pod out. They're oh yeah, the, they're also the Imperial Guards. Yeah, that was my favorite. They were the Imperial Guards. But let me tell this one: they were the Imperial Guards, and when the Red Guards, and when uh, how they got there was some weird adventure. But then you hear Palpatine's like, "Gods, leave us!" And the two of them are like, "Okay, let's. Well, I guess we got to leave." So they walk around to the back, right? And then they get to, the, but then they get to the other side. And they're like, "Crap." There's no elevator here. What do we do? We, we, do we just stand here? Vader and Luke are fighting. Yeah, so they're just hiding behind the, the, the column because they don't know what to do. They don't want to be embarrassingly walk back. Sorry, they thought there was another door there. Can you find this for me. I need this in my life. Yeah, and they're like every like they're all in like all these different things. They just either have to be. Do something to screw everything up and be the cause of why why everything goes wrong. It's, it's or it's, they're just lost, completely lost and like on the other end. Like those. But the rumor was is that they were the the stormtroopers that uh, that catch Baby Yoda. And... I refuse to believe that because those guys would never punch Baby Yoda like that. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. no. But they would never do that type of thing where they're just like complete buffoons and just completely. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. Tag and Bink. So you got the adventures yeah. of Tag and Bink. I think you can find, uh, uh, I guess, a trade paperback now that oh, has all of the comics in one book. Yeah. So you can you can get you can look for that, and and it'll have the whole story. It's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. And that's like those are the kind of things that I I enjoy the most. Like the I don't like getting I don't get too invested in um like the long term comics and and yeah. and. Or or multi book like the Yuzan Vong uh, whole thing, yeah, the, yeah. the New Jedi Order. But I enjoy the short stories. I enjoy like Tales of the Jedi, Tales of um, Mos Eisley Cantina. You know these mm-hmm. these these from a certain point of view yeah. stories. So yeah. yeah. Uh, well, before we go, let's do a quick uh, thoughts about what what we think we can expect next week with Andor. Um, you know what? I'm. <laughs> that's a well. Let's remember. Um, Cassian is still being hunted by Luthen's people, so I don't know if that's going to turn into another conflict. Is he going to go back to see his his ailing mother? Um, you know, I, I think there's more that needs to be resolved there. Yeah. So I'm, I think I, I think we'll see some of that. Um, is Mon Mothma? going to you know reconsider what uh she was what the what the criminal guy was suggesting um and again i still think there's more to i mean you know what ha- being a parent of one uh, once being a parent of a teenager i really can't tell you for certain if there's we've talked about the daughter mon mothma's daughter being like something more to her than we're mm-hmm. than she's letting on but frankly she could just be a uh, bratty teenager you know i mean <laughs> having teaching teaching them teaching many of them for a living i can tell you that's 
she's she's pretty much on point right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. it's not like an un un an unreasonable uh, behavior. So yeah, no, it's not. And we still have you know, <laughs> Garrett agrees. What you know? What is going to be the ultimate fate of even Mum Mukmo's husband? You know, is he going to be just someone that you know eventually she just leaves him? Is there going to be some sort of other reveal is I you know what I've actually got a prediction on this with him. Okay, I have one my my prediction is that by episode 12, what's gonna happen is um as much as he is a loyalist to the Empire, he is he is when someone comes looking for her because they are going to, mm-hmm. it's only a matter of time. Uh, and I think this is what puts her on the run. Uh, because by the time we get to you know Return of the Jedi, I mean there's no there's no Senate at, at that point, and yeah. she, you know she's she's a senator without a job, um, so she becomes a strategist. But my thought is, and this is really what pushes her to becoming a true believer in this cause more so than she is right now, is that he is going to protect her and he's going to say mm. that he's a spy. Oh. I think so. I think I think so too. I don't know if it's going to be that, but I think there will be that moment where either that happens or where he tells her, you know, the empire is kind of catching on to her, and he's the one that tells her, "You have to go. You know, you have to. I'll protect our daughter. You have to go. You have to. You know, this is bigger. You you have to. You have to leave. Mm. You know. I don't know. I don't know if I buy it. I'll see. I mean, it, it, I wouldn't mind it if that's if either one of those yeah. played out. But I, 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 right now, I haven't seen any evidence to support him being any more than just a marriage of convenience. You know, loving the fruits of his fruits of his wife's, uh, you know, um, yeah, uh, uh, pocketbook, and just living the good life, not paying yeah. it. You know, but like I think, like we said, like we kind of touched on last week, is one of the main things that happen seems to be in every star wars story at, at to some extent is this idea of redemption you know you have i think with the exception of maybe the original that not the original trilogy but the prequels which were set up purposely to have an opposite of a redemption of, of a fall every one of the other trilogies have had some sort of redemption of a character you know whether it be you know vader being redeemed or kylo ren being redeemed um, you know, you always kind of have that sort of redemption arc. So I'm wondering if you're going to have the same thing with this, where you have a redemption arc, where you have a character that we, you know, you might have seen as a villain in the past or right. in the show being redeemed. You know, could be interesting I, to see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. So. All right. Well, we're coming up on the hour mark, which means, uh. Time to kind of wrap things up. And Will, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you at? Well, my channel is on YouTube, Darth Superstar Wars Unboxing Show. Uh, it's been uh, running hot and heavy with a lot of new orders that have been coming in. And uh, I was going to have a whole thing about it again on that channel about the Halcyon. But now we can look forward to hearing this story again. I've been telling it a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay. And uh, you can check me out on Instagram and Twitter at Darth Tuba, Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing page on Facebook. And uh, you can email me, DarthTuba77 at gmail.com. Yeah. And uh, Garrett, what about you? 
Well, you can find me also on YouTube, GKJ Publishing. Uh, you can also find me on Instagram and Twitter at GKJ underscore publishing. Uh, right now, I'm doing a huge push all month long for No Shave November. Uh, the whole point is to raise money for uh, cancer research and awareness, specifically cancers that uh, affect men. And uh, so for anybody who's interested in doing that, I have links on all my social media platforms uh, where they can go and donate. The biggest uh, contribution gets to decide what I do with the beard at the end of the month. Nice, nice. A couple of years ago, I went right. pink. Oh, wow. Nice. As for us right here, of course, you can find us each and every week. Um, we record live here on StreamYard. Um, or if you're not able to catch us live, you can go on wherever fine podcasts are heard. Uh, just search for War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. If you want to get a hold of us, the best way is through our email which is war of the stars one at gmail.com or you can go to our twitter page which is again at war of the stars one or just search us on facebook just search war of the stars a star wars podcast if you want to support the show patreon.com forward slash war of the stars as we've been saying we got some big plans ahead for the beginning of the new year after the holidays for our patreon listeners and patreon supporters so get in on the ground level and um, we've got some fun stuff, fun ideas planned for that. Or you can buy our merch. I'm not wearing any merch right now, but it is spreadshirt.com forward slash shop forward slash war of the stars. Uh, link will be in all the descriptions of all our social medias to catch, to grab all the cool merchandise there. Uh, before we go, I want to give a war of the stars, of course. Um, and all, all of the nerdverse, of course, out there is saddened by the loss of um, Rob Conroy, voice Kevin, long Kevin, voice Kevin, Con Kevin, Kevin Conroy, Kevin Conroy, sorry, Kevin Conroy, the longtime voice of Batman, um, you know, connection to Star Wars with um, Mark Hamill being the, being the iconic voice of the Joker. Um, yeah. Our condolences go out to his family. Um lost a great voice actor there and just a great actor in, in general. So our thoughts go out to his family and everyone there. So um, yeah. he's one with the force and uh, the Joker is the clown is crying. Yeah. Um, anyway, but um, as always, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. Till the spire, everyone.